the Santa Anita racetrack family. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday. And I believe they're bringing a taco guy, am I correct? So, oh, everybody perked up, is that true? Yeah, what? All right, big barbecue for them, so great outreach on, uh, we'll have this Wednesday. But this is our food ministry week, Friday. Food ministry set up at one o'clock. And then we serve on Saturday at 9 a.m., our summer times, 9 a.m. If you want to come and serve, which is just a great opportunity, it's probably more, as the Bible says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's always a blessing uh, to see people, meet people as we have. So come at 8.30 if you want to come and serve. Next Sunday, now my, um, my son-in-law, daughter, and son got me this shirt for Father's Day. Um, I might wear it again next week. I do, I, if you don't notice, I do that a lot. In fact, I hear from my family, you know, you wore that shirt last Sunday. Okay, well, it works. Anyways, next Sunday, uh, Aloha Sunday. So uh, find something Hawaiian. Uh, you can find them at Walmart, wherever. Find something Hawaiian. If you don't have something, you can go to a thrift store usually and find something Hawaiian. We just do kind of a fun Sunday in the summer, Aloha. But the best part, our friend Jonathan Martinez will be here. Uh, Jonathan does the best acai bowls, iced coffees. He's got yogurt parfaits, uh, all of those things. So he'll be with us uh, next Sunday. So find something uh, Hawaiian. Bar you know, I used to wear a lot of Hawaiian shirts, even when I passed. And they just started disappearing. And you think, you know, and it's the deal was in our family, they just didn't tell you that they got rid of it, right? They just got rid of it. Because I'll look at pictures and I'll say, and I really like that Hawaiian shirt. Where did it go? I have no idea where it went. So anyways, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Um, water baptism, uh, we had it down for July 2nd. We're gonna move it to July 9th. Water baptism, July 9th. Uh, if you are interested, you can go on the website and fill out the contact information or reply to the email. Also, if you're not in our weekly email, we usually send out one email. Also, email into the church, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. We'll put you on our email list so you know what's coming up. But July 9th, and how we do water baptisms is right after service. We now have uh, the Chinese church bought a spa that they've donated to the church. So we have a nice warm spa, even though it's kind of getting warm. But we do water baptism outside the courtyard and then lunch. So uh, that'll be July 9th. I believe we have four or five that are already interested. And then our high school camp, youth camp is coming up in July. If you're interested in making a donation, camp is, uh, has really gone up with all costs and things that have gone up. If you'd like to make a donation, you can go to hillschurcharcadia.org. On the giving link, there is a drop down that says youth camp donation. That'll go to families that are going. And then we have a picture I wanted to show up because we were gone doing a 35th to 36th wedding, not this couple, 36 years married, but we did one that was in Hawaii. Uh, so when somebody calls you and wants to know if you want to do their vow renewal and they say, sure, where are you going to do it in Hawaii? You don't really have to pray long, do you? Uh, and fast. And um, but anyways, we had an opportunity to do that. And then Tuesday at church here, Louis, Luis and Amanda uh, got married here. And so uh, excited for them. This young family getting started. Aren't they cute? I don't know about the guy to the left of Luis there, but um, anyways, uh, and some of the family, I think oh, Jesus is in the back. So anyways, awesome. 
Um, okay, so our verse today, I want to read a couple verses out of Psalm chapter 65, verses 9 through 11. Psalm 65, 9 through 11. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furloughs. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. I love that part, how it opens, where it says God's, it's saying, you visit the earth. There's nothing that he doesn't know. There isn't anything that we're facing that he's unaware with. But it's always us coming before him to remember, again, that covenant, that promise that we have in him. So as we do each and every week, would you pray this prayer along with me and pray it from your heart to your father, God, as if you're the only one here that's in the sanctuary. And let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I rejoice in your goodness towards my life and towards those around me. You, O Lord, are a good God, and you do good all the time. I am amazed at your love and your constant mercy. I'm amazed at how much you watch over every detail of my life. Again, today, I surrender my life to you, my plans, my decisions, and my finances. I put them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today in service, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place your offering in the giving slot that's on the wall as you exit. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. Also, if you're giving towards uh, youth camp, there's a drop down you can do as well, too. Well, if you have your Bibles today, if you have uh, your phone, a tablet, if you've got just a sharp memory, you got every memorized every word in the Bible, we're going to be in a couple places uh, today. In fact, you can actually turn uh, to Luke chapter 24, verse 44. In fact, I want to start uh, a summer series called Wonders and Wisdom. Well, we're going to look at the book of Psalm. Uh, in fact, if you look at each individual psalm is psalm, right? But if you look at them all, it's called psalms. So that gets confusing sometimes. But we want to look at the book of Psalms, the book of uh, Proverbs, but then also look at how those always intertwine themselves with Jesus himself. In fact, we read this in Luke 24, 44. Jesus says these words. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms, right? Concerning me. Jesus mentions those things. And and we'll see the correlation of David, Solomon, and, and Jesus. And remember this one verse, John 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of God, the word of God, Jesus made flesh. Every time I read the word, I need to remember that the word is alive, right? It's active. It's living. 
So I get that opportunity. Even when I read the Old Testament, I might be reading something that I feel like maybe I fall asleep a little bit while I'm reading it. The Word of God is alive for us. And so we're going to see that in Wonders of Psalm and Wisdom. I had a wonder about, uh, about four years ago when one morning before I was leaving the house, Michelle told me she thought she might be pregnant. And you think, you're kidding, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I just kind of laughed. And then I went my way, and then all of a sudden, all of those. How many of you, though, in your older years, even though I'm not, how many of you be pretty excited to have another child at home? All right, okay, there we go. Got Anybody else like, no, no we're, we're good, right? We're good, right, we're, we're good. So I remember it hit me. I was driving, and I thought, Remember going to the restaurant, you got the little chair and they want to throw food? All of those type of feelings. Well, she ended up doing a pregnancy test that was negative, right? It was one of those different things. And I thought, you know, how old am I going to be when they graduate high school? <laughs> Is it going to be, oh, it's, I'm so glad you brought your grandpa with you. No, that's my dad, right? And you have all of those type of feelings. Well, those are the things that, uh, that didn't happen. You know, it was one of those things of, well, bless the Lord if it happens, because we have two pastor friends that had that happen. And we met one of the nine-year-olds at our convention, right? So nine-year-old going through all of these things. What we're going to look at again, uh, the wonders of the book of Psalms and the wisdom of Proverbs. The book of Psalms has 150 chapters. The longest chapter is Psalm 119. I'm surprised when I got in trouble living with my mom that she didn't have me memorize Psalm 119. I'd probably still be working on that one. But the Psalms are quoted 55 times in the New Testament. But we read about that 73 or so are, we would call them, penned and sung by David. So not only would David write these things, many a times they were a song. And we remember David as the young boy that was not afraid to sit out in the field with the sheep and worship the Lord and take on a bear or a lion. He wasn't afraid to take on a, a Goliath, a giant that was defiling his God. That was David. David also, we know, uh, is mentioned in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. Now, he didn't say that himself. David just didn't say, you know what, I'm a man after God's heart. No, it was said of David that God found a man after his own heart. And it's said in the book of Acts that David, think about it, was a man after God's own heart. After Jesus, we don't read anybody else in the Bible that that is mentioned. So his heart was always affixed to God. David was also the one that sought the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. He was one that said, after a major, major mistake, he said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And I, I like that one verse, Psalm 34, 4, that says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fear. Right? I sought the Lord. Let that be a, a prayer of ours every day, that uh, I am known as somebody that seeks after the Lord. What is he saying? I sought the Lord because I know that he hears me. In the book of Proverbs, um, most of the Proverbs are written by Solomon. 
Solomon is David's son. And yet Solomon has a prayer. We'll look at that verse in a minute. Solomon has a prayer before God. In fact, God says to him, what can I give you? What can I do for you? If God said that to you, what would you think of? Would you think of what Solomon said? I want an, I want an enlarged heart that I can lead and judge your people. Or would you say, I want to be a billionaire, right? I want to live on a mountaintop. He wanted a heart so that he could serve God's people. And God not only blessed him with that wisdom to do so, but as we'll read throughout the Bible, God blessed him in, in every way known. He wanted a heart. He looked at things and he would get wisdom like an ant. How many of you, like you see an ant in the backyard, the first thing you do is you think of, do I have any spray anywhere? I don't want him in my house. Uh, he looks at an ant and he gets this wisdom. And he looks at him and he says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Sluggard's a lazy person, right? Consider their ways and be wise. They don't have a leader. They know what to do and they work hard. They do all those. So he would find wisdom in things. And, and I love the one, and I'll, I'll quote it at the dinner table every once in a while. As a dog returns to its vomit, so does a fool to his folly. How many of you have dogs? All right. How many of you have seen that before? Uh, how many of you see, you know, it's like a second meal to them. Our dog does it all the time. You can hear it, and then you get, don't eat it, right? And they eat it right up. Well, Solomon looked at that, and he said, that's the fool that gets into the folly. So we'll, we'll see that. So listen to this. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32 through 34. This is what we read about Solomon, what, what God did through him. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees and of the cedar tree of Lebanon, even the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animal, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish. And men of all nations, from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom, came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. You can read later, the queen of Sheba comes. She heard of uh, what he had, and she uses those words, it wasn't half of what she saw. She was amazed at his wisdom. You know, we, we've always taken this away, too. And she saw the servants, the people serving. Have you ever seen somebody unhappy serving at a restaurant? And you kind of, you know, you, it said, she said, even his servants are happy. You ever seen a happy person at a restaurant? Like there's just something that, that it does. Happy were the people that, that served. 3,000 proverbs. He wrote songs. But in this verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. In fact, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, it's Solomon in his later years looking back at things. I actually use this uh, lately when I've done memorials or funerals, and he, he says this. A good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. And the day you die is better than the day you were born. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. That might be an odd one to use at a funeral. That might feel a little, but he says this, the day you die was better than the day you were born. I don't know about you, but when you go to somebody, when they had a baby, isn't everybody excited? 
You ever go to a funeral that everybody's excited? I haven't been to one, right? That everybody's like excited. Oh, I, I, was, I had this on my calendar all week. I couldn't wait to be here. In fact, I was 30 minutes early. You would think, okay, let's have a meeting right after this. There, there's nobody, right? You're better off going to funerals than to parties. There's nobody that looks in the obituary. Hey, honey, what are we doing Friday night? Oh, nothing. Oh, I found a, a funeral, and I thought we could go. No, you wouldn't do that, would you? He puts it into perspective. Because he says the, the day you die is better than the day you were born. He said the living should take this to heart, right? It's that holy trinity, that, that's Solomon. So in the wonders of Psalm and in the wisdom of Proverbs, here's what's interesting. We're always going to find Jesus. Who do you think gave the wisdom to Solomon? Jesus did himself, right? He's the giver. Do you know what's interesting about Jesus? Men quit their jobs to follow him, right? There, women followed him, and they weren't threatened by him. They weren't, like, off guard at all. And children wanted to run to him, right? They wanted to sit in his lap and be with him. That's who Jesus is, and we see him alive in the book of, of, of Psalms and Proverbs. So I was trying to come up with a couple verses. What is a couple verses that we could theme the entire book of Psalms with. And I want to look at just a couple. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Chapter 1, 1 and 2. In fact, it opens with this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law he meditates day and night. That sounds a little bit like the book of Joshua. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. How many of you really miss bookstores? Anybody miss like the Barnes and Noble? And so when we were traveling out, there was this little tiny bookstore, and we went in just to kind of, um, you know, some time and you look at all of the fiction and you look at all the biography but you look at all uh i mean every history every book you go to these barnes and nobles in fact barnes and nobles was great because we always heard this i don't know if you did with your kids oh dad uh i need a book for tomorrow for class or i'm gonna get an f anybody ever hear that before to wait like tomorrow tomorrow or next next week no tomorrow Get in the car, let's go to Barnes & Noble, right? And you go, you go in there and you get lost in the sea of, of books. There are so many things written, right? So many self-help, cookbooks, uh, money management, leadership management, I mean, fiction, all of these type of things. But we read this that David puts, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. There's another one in uh, Psalm 65, verse 8. I think we have this for the screen. Uh, Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. Sun up, sun down. That should inspire us with shouts of joy. David said this, he said, when I consider the heavens, and he says, the work of your fingers, who is 
man that you are mindful of me, right? The work of his fingers that are out there, David reflects on. In fact, uh, last one, Psalm 119, verse 97, where David says this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. David, right? It is my meditation all the day. The New Living Translation says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. I do this a lot. Let's say, um, let's say we were getting some new device to set it up. I always try to figure out how to do it without the instructions, right? Because many times there are this many pages. In fact, I had set up a, with my, my mom is moving uh, down to live with us next week. And so I set up in our room a clothes rack for me to make room in a closet for her. So I put the instructions away. And I'm going to say, this is easy, right? It's just a little tiny clothes rack. Nah, I better get those instructions, right? There's no B to go to C. They didn't label this, right? Who didn't label B and C? Come on. What's this little wrench they send me? You know, you're looking at the instructions. Oh, that wrench. Oh, yeah, it's in the package there. You know, any of you ever do that before? <coughs> I'm just going to get this thing done. It should take five minutes. It shouldn't take 45 minutes to put up this simple little clothes rack, but it does because we have that tendency. We have the tendency to go out there. And David reminds us when he writes that, oh, how I love your law. Oh, how I love your instructions. I love how they lay them out. Well, then Solomon, in fact, if I could kind of pick a verse or two out of the book of Proverbs that I would look to. Maybe you have one that you think of right away. Proverbs 1 verse 7. When I read this, um, this is the one I think that impacts me where he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. We'll look at that. The fear of the Lord right, is the beginning. You know, Proverbs 15, 16, he also puts this, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. You're better off with just a little and you fear the Lord than great treasure with trouble, right? It's that, that fear of the Lord. So when we read the book of Psalms, we read David's prayer to God. In fact, no matter how he feels, he cries out to the Lord. And I I love when I, I wrote down a bunch of things that kind of David, you know, sings and talks about. Maybe you can, too, as you're reading those. But he'll say, I'll bless the Lord at all times. He talks about, um, I'm going to shout to the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. And then he changes. Oh, God, I wish you'd kill them all. But you're a God of mercy. <laughs> Have you ever said that prayer before? You probably haven't. But he goes back to God's mercy and God's grace. But the Psalms point to Jesus. On the cross, well, one of the sayings that we read, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. You can read the length of that that Jesus said. Over and over we read things about and Jesus spoke psalms when he prayed to the father on the hill <clears throat> but when jesus was crucified we saw his heart in psalm 22 proverbs teaches us the fear of the lord that's not associated with terror 
or this um, being afraid or somebody hiding from God. It's actually the opposite. The fear of the Lord is an awe about the holiness of God. It's running to God in any situation. The fear of the Lord is a holy reverence to him, and it's a desire to live life to please him. Right? I'm pleasing him. And I love the one definition that talks about to live in the fear of the Lord is to live in awe of his holiness, his power, his purity, his righteousness, his justice, and his glory. In fact, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon almost ends it with this one verse in verse 13. And he says this in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and his commandments, for this is man's all. Solomon, it, it is interesting when you read Ecclesiastes because he talks about all of the things that he had that he looks back on that were really worthless. He looks at this verse and he says, Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. Can you hear Jesus' words in that too? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and your strength. And then he adds that other one that's kind of hard to do, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Right? That fulfills the law and the prophets when you do that. Jesus will come in there. So every time I read the Old Testament, I look for Jesus himself. So if we could do this, in fact, bow your heads with me and let's all make this commitment uh, together. You know, 150 psalms, you can divide it by 30 days, however you want to do it. But would you read the psalms? Allow the psalms to teach you even to pray. What's great with uh, the book of Psalms and then getting into the New Testament, the New Testament teaches us about the authority of a believer, the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, to pray, but we understand how to pray, our position in prayer. When we worship the Lord, we come into his presence with singing. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. In the book of Proverbs, teach us how to live a God-honoring life by the word of God. So, Father, we pray today, Lord, that um, you shape our hearts, even around two books in the Old Testament, that are inspired by your Holy Spirit, that they direct us to Jesus, they direct us to you, they direct us to our worship, they're concerned, uh, you're concerned about our godly living, the decisions that we make. So Lord, we come back and we remember not to lean on counsel of the ungodly. There's so many people out there that have great insight, so much further ahead than us that don't know you, but you tell us to lean on your word. Let it be the meditation of our heart. Let us live with what does God say about that? What would the Father say about that? And we bless you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. We're going to close with this worship song, and then I want to um, say a prayer for all of our fathers today. So stand with me. <clears throat> story is told of a young father-to-be who was pacing back and forth, nervously wringing his hands in the hospital waiting room while his wife was in labor. 
finally a nurse opened the door and said, well, sir, you're going to have a little girl. And he breathed a sigh of relief and said, I am so glad it's a girl. She'll never have to go through the agony that I went through tonight. We get that in the morning. I think childbirth is a little harder, right, than a father in the waiting room there. School teacher was correcting papers, and she looked at a little boy's work, and, he, and she was appalled at the results. And she said, I fail to understand how one person could make so many mistakes. And the little boy replied, but it wasn't just one person. My dad helped me. <laughs> I don't know if you ever had to do that new math that they were doing with the kids. Well, uh, the uh, guy that used to give a lot of great quotes, Paul Harvey, said this, fathers are what give daughters a way to other men who aren't nearly good enough so that they can have grandchildren that are smarter than anybody. That's probably true. So all of our dads, would you stand uh, here today? All of our dads, stand on up real quick here. We just want to pray uh, over you and, and bless you today. It's not an easy job. We've all made mistakes. None of us are perfect. Uh, anybody here, any dad perfect that's in here? All right, I just want to make sure. But we all have a heavenly father today that we go to. And I want to pray this over you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. If anybody's standing around you, would you just stretch a hand uh, out to them today? And I want to pray this over you. Apostle Paul wrote these words. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we, we proclaim a blessing on all of our fathers. Lord, wherever they might be, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And as you leave today, uh, dads, and even some of our other guys in here, we have a gift for you that'll be right outside. We have a dad's ice cold root beer. I didn't know that there's another brand of root beer called Not Your Father's Root Beer. Has anybody ever, oh, I shouldn't have, okay. Oh, I saw the, okay, that's why it's Not Your Father's Root Beer. Okay, but we have dad's root beer uh, that's in there. As you leave, some of the guys grab a root beer as well, too. Remember, this week, um, we're going to serve our community Friday. You can come help set up food at 1 Saturday. Come to serve at 8.30 for our 9 o'clock. If you need prayer today, please come so we can pray with you. The Lord bless you. Have a great day, guys. Get a root beer. The Lord bless you. Have a good day.